Hi there, and welcome to the Personal Trainers Who Care podcast. This is a show where I, Riley, the Director of Social Media and Marketing at Freeform Fitness, interview some of our personal trainers because at the heart of every great fitness business are the people who know how to get their clients results and who help them realize their full health potential. This is a production of Freeform Fitness, a boutique style personal training studio with six locations across Ottawa, Canada. Our personal trainers provide expert services both online with FFF Virtual and in studio when we're not in lockdowns. All right, without further ado, let's get into this next episode of the Personal Trainers Who Care podcast. So for our fourth episode, we have a very special show. Typically, I just bring on one of our personal trainers and we talk to them about the business of personal training. But for today, we actually have a client and a personal trainer joining us. So Anne is a client at our Wellington location and has been training with Vanya and Catherine since uh, June of 2018. Uh, Anne has already appeared on our website as uh, she shared a story with us um, about the importance of good heart health and one of her previous successful experiences with Freeform Fitness. Uh, Now she joins us uh, with one of her trainers, Vanya, to talk about how personal training at Freeform Fitness has helped her prepare for and recover from hip surgery. Um, Now this is typically where I would say, you know, interesting facts, but I am very confident that there's going to be so many interesting facts in this podcast that we should just get on with it. So uh, without wasting any more time, Vanya and Anne, welcome to the Personal Trainers Who Care podcast. Thanks for having us, Riley. My pleasure. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is great. A new, a new format, getting, you know, the other side of, uh, of the aisle. Can we, can we say that? Yeah, the other side of the aisle, you know? <laughs> All right. So I want to start off um, with you, Anne, just to ask about what it was like prior coming to free for fitness and what you know made helped you make that decision to choose free for fitness okay in um 2018 i had had one a heart operation to start it stop atrial flutter uh and was in very bad shape because quite frankly i hadn't done much because of sore hips and a bad heart i didn't know about Uh, for quite a while. Um, As part of my Heart Institute, they sent me to in their rehab program for a short period. And it was obvious by the end of that time that I needed to continue to do rehabilitation exercises. But I had no idea what to do. I had no idea what was safe, what wasn't safe. It wasn't like they could give you any manual, um, perhaps because with hearts, everybody is different. Uh, So, but they did give me a list of people that were heart-wise trained. I think that's the term. Um, And Freeform Fitness was on it with two people listed at the Wellington location which was perfect for me because I live two and a half blocks from the Wellington location. And I tell you, one thing I don't like doing is driving to work out. Walking to work out makes much more sense. So I went and I saw you had the eight lessons for a hundred bucks. And I thought, well, let's try them out. And I met Catherine and was evaluated and also Vania. And over the next uh, eight lessons, I discovered that, yes, I did feel better to be moving in ways that tested me, but didn't strain me, that were very doable, not sort of a puddle of sweat type stuff. But that exercise, the muscles that would get my heart, well, for one thing, getting me to stand up straighter, getting me to breathe deeper, getting me to get the heart rate up to a safe level uh, regularly. And that was the beginning of our association. Oh, that's 
That is lovely. And that's, um, that perfectly leads me into Vanya getting, getting your side of the story. So, uh, you know, Anne comes in, she's been recommended by uh, the Heart uh, Institute in Ottawa. And for you and Catherine, what was, what was the initial game plan for you two? How did you sort of uh, figure out how you were going to make something that would work specifically for Anne's situation? Yeah, uh, it's hard to believe that it's been almost three years now that we've been working together, and uh, especially with the the pandemic, it time kind of flies. The whole past year, <laughs> uh, it feels like a whole lifetime ago uh, when we first met. Um, so yeah, typically when we get a new client, we assess them, uh, figure out where their starting point is, and help them reach whatever it is that they're hoping to attain. So for Anne, having come back from uh, a recent heart procedure, um, you know, getting her endurance and cardiovascular levels back up was definitely a priority. Um, and with that, it's just figuring out where she's starting from uh, when she first walked in and then slowly adding in higher intensity exercises uh, as we noticed any improvements that she made. Um, and I was just taking a look back through our programs um, that we had went through uh, in our in our files here. And uh, yeah, there were some things that I completely forgot about that we did. Uh, one of the, the great things about Anne is, you know, she she had an Apple Watch, uh, which was helpful because after every session, she would email me screenshots of, of her heart rate and uh, how, you know, it it went up and down throughout our sessions. And uh, I saw one note after a session that said, uh, heart rate barely went over 100 uh, beats per minute the last two weeks can increase intensity. So <laughs> yeah, just, you know, having technology was great, having uh, information like that, so that not only am I observing, you know, how Anne is doing during the session, but to have that feedback uh, afterwards was, was really helpful as well. Yeah, I, I was I was actually going to ask about that um, with, you know, training specifically for the heart. And if you've had a procedure, there is additional care that needs to be taken on the personal trainer's part to make sure that you're not stressing the heart, you're challenging it, but not stressing it out, right? So I was going to ask if there was a way for you two to be able to, to track that or, or get some data to make sure that you're sort of keeping it on that level. But, and I think it's awesome that you saw, oh, we barely went over 100. Let's, let's go a little harder. <laughs> Well, I, I knew from um, the sessions at the Heart Institute that, uh, and from previous episode, uh, the damage to my heart came from chemotherapy almost 20 years ago. And we'd had to rehab my heart at that point. So I knew from then that the idea was to exercise my heart above 100 or about 100, 100, 120, 130 at most. Uh, for ideally 30 minutes a day. That was the goal. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I already had that information from the previous time I had to put myself back together. Um, so um, we were able to draw upon that. And I did, it was initially a Fitbit, but I graduated to an Apple Watch when I found out that the big problem was atrial fibrillation, which is, by the way, also a side effect of the drugs I received 20 years ago to kill the cancer. So it's all related. Um, and uh, that's when I upgraded to an Apple Watch because I wanted to be the ability to tell when I was in sync or not in sync, mm. which has proved to be uh, quite useful. I didn't. I didn't know that the Apple Watch, uh, the Apple Watch was was that uh, specific. Like it, it can tell when there's some of that um, fibrillation going on. You you have to activate the the measure, but yes, it can tell. In fact, my nephew tells me a story of some friends of his who bought an Apple Watch, and the husband put it on and was playing with it, and he came up with that thing, and it kept telling him that he was out of sync. And he said, oh, this thing can't be working. So his wife took it, put it on, tested her, 
Hers was in sync. So she said, next week, you're going to the doctor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Apple is, uh, is is saving people's lives, potentially. Well, they very carefully, I'm a lawyer, they very carefully put all the disclaimers on it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, so I, I want to just, just stay on the heart health um, topic just a little bit longer because it is so important. We do get so many clients at Freeform Fitness who are coming in either uh, with a warning from a doctor or like yourself where you've had a procedure and you're now looking to uh, rehab that. And I have an excerpt from the, the article that you sent us in 2019, I believe it was. Um, so you say, I'm a senior female with a bad heart and bad hips. A year ago, I was dealing with heart failure and poor fitness from years of hip pain. I could not walk, but only totter for very short dis distances and do minimal activities before I became exhausted. And I hated stairs. <laughs> Today, I feel that I have much of my life back in large part because of exercise. And then you go on to say, it's wonderful to walk again normally and upright, to climb stairs without pain, to be more stable on my feet, and to be able to squat when I need to access a low cupboard. So um, in terms of the exercise stuff that you're programming post-heart uh, um, uh, for the rehab, pardon me, um, you know, squatting were you guys doing a little bit of stairs I know at the Wellington location they have they have stairs there um it's only two <laughs> but were you guys sort of working in that type of stuff as well then well a lot of step up exercises a lot of balance work and working on my general physical strength because unfortunately like, well Vania the sports psychologist could probably speak to this better the first instinct when you hurt is not to move, mm -hmm. but you have to move or you lose it. I have been channeling a colleague from Justice Canada who had cerebral palsy. When I met her, she was using a walker. She was a brilliant woman. I mean, multilingual, etc. cetera. Um, but she, if one day we talked about exercise programs and she said, oh, I do a half an hour of exercises every morning. And we thought, wow, that's discipline. <laughs> and mm -hmm. she said, well, I really have no choice. If I don't, I'm confined to a wheelchair. So I have to do a half an hour of things like Vania has been having me do every day in order to use a walker, in order to do my job and live my life. And that's, that's the idea I've been holding on to all through this whole several years. Because you've got to remember, this is, we've only talked about my first recovery. Then they had to get me ready for my second heart operation. Then they had to get me recovered from that and ready for the hip operation. Mm -hmm. So they've had a lot of experience. <laughs> Um, I, I didn't I didn't realize that there was a second operation as well I, I yes. thought you were going to go in to talk about the the hip which I knew about but there was so there was a second operation so yeah. um yeah again what was how did you now you're on the other side of it now you're preparing for heart surgery how did you and Catherine approach that part of her well again what we were trying to do was build my stamina right mm -hmm. um it was a fascinating little operation, which is irrelevant here. Well, it's a big operation, but um, it, uh, it highly technical. I mean, bless all whatever deity you prefer for the Heart Institute here in town. They really do work miracles. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they had to get my stamina up. They had to get my strength up. They got my upper body good and strong. Um, as well as, of course, toning as much as we could of my legs. Um, I did, we did have one advantage at that time that one of the heart meds they had me on was also anti-inflammatory. So the hips were behaving themselves at this point. <laughs> but, but yes, uh, building strength, building stamina, but everyone needs to keep their strength and stamina if they want to enjoy life. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah, Vanya, go for it. 
yeah, uh, through working with Anne and a few of my other clients, you know, I've seen how much exercising regularly can improve your quality of life, being able to eat more easily do things on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so that's generally what I focus on. Whenever I meet a new client, one of the first things I ask them is, what is something that you can't do right now that you would like to be able to do? Uh, and for Anne, one of those things was to be able to get up from the floor a little bit easier. Um, so we, you know, early on, we spent a lot of time teaching Anne how to get up properly from the floor, just because, you know, if, if she fell, for instance, and I think it was winter time as well, yeah. if she slipped on the ice, you know, and nobody was around to help her, she, she needed to be able to, you know, be able to get up on her own. Uh, so yeah. With Without, as I did once, crawling over to a fire hydrant and pulling myself up that way. <laughs> <laughs> but and and, and I, that is, uh, I mean, it's it's not a it's not a glamorous exercise to be doing in the gym, but it is it is crucial. You know, I I can remember building a, a program for my grandmother who's now in her her eighties, and her comment as well was, I I just don't want to feel so vulnerable. She walks every day for thirty minutes every morning without fail. And she's like, I just don't want to be vulnerable to falling and not being able to get back up. And so, yeah, I, I did the same with her where it's just, you just have to practice getting back up and then you do all the other, the other exercises as well. The other aspect of that problem was te them teaching me to do exercises that a physio would expect you to lie on the ground to do in ways that don't require that you lie on the ground because of course you know getting up is going to be really comical or it's not painful. <laughs> so um, they would teach me how to do uh, clams, for example, uh, with a ball and, and band or even with your own hand. We, we have been joking lately uh, that you should put together a program on exercises you can do well on Zoom calls that no one knows you're actually doing them. <laughs> I think that would be a hit. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's uh, yeah, that would be that'd be quite because you can you can do clams. I mean, I'm doing them right now the way she taught me to do them. You can't tell. Nope. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Um, you 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 mentioned a good point there, Anne, about how you know. <clears throat> uh, uh, Vanya and Catherine took time to teach you the exercises that Fizzy wanted to do, but in a way that was accessible to you. When you first started working with them, um, you know, coming from a place where you felt uh, like walking was difficult um, and, you know, going upstairs and, and whatnot, did it take you a while to, to trust the, the process of working with Vanya and Catherine or did you just dive in? What was that like for you? We, I think we connected pretty well right at the beginning. Um, I realized that I was dealing with very professional people who had my interests in mind, who were not trying to bamboozle me into just buying a program that they expected I probably wouldn't adhere to because like most people do when they decide they're going to get fit on New Year's Eve, they, <laughs> they, they let laps. Um, I, I really liked... Uh, the interaction worked. Um, when I discovered that Vanya knew about sports psychology, I appreciated the way that she, she was teaching me as if I were an athlete. I mean, that was quite the compliment. I've never been an athlete. Um, <laughs> yes, I always joke that I moved like a herd of elephants until my, till my sister told me that, oh, elephants. In the wild, you can't hear them when they move. Really? They are so light-footed. <laughs> so I, have to ch I found another analogy. <laughs> I wonder about rhinoceros. <laughs> well, our uh, we we have a new kitten in the house, and he he thuds around this house pretty heavily, and he's about this big. So <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's clumsy oh. clumsy kittens, you know. <laughs> Waitley learns to hunt. Oh gosh, he hunts our toes. Then they can move <laughs> like tigers, and you don't even—you can bell them, and they can keep the bell from ringing. 
gosh. Actually, that is true. There's, there are two cats in this house and one of them is, he's quite wild. He leaves us, um, we call them gifts out on the porch. And he used to have, he used to have a bell, but he would bring home those gifts, um, bell or no bell. So <laughs> you, you are, you are true, true with that. Um, yeah, uh, then you, um, and he's mentioning your sports psychology. Did this play a part in your programming for Anne? Uh, yeah, I, I do think that um, my schooling in sport and exercise psychology kind of definitely helps with um, making sure that people feel confident and, and comfortable with the approach that I've set out for them. Um, making them, making sure that they understand what the plan is, what the goal is, and what the expectations are, uh, you know, as we're going through our program. Um, so I think being able to understand where they may be coming from and being able to uh, properly explain the process to them in a way that you know, they're able to understand uh, makes a big difference in terms of them accepting what needs to be done. Uh, and, you know, I give Anne a lot of credit as well, because in between the two sessions a week that she does with me and Catherine, uh, she's doing her own little workout routine every day. Uh, she sent us this you know, Excel spreadsheet that lists all the exercises that we've done together and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the days of the week. And, uh, you know, she'll make check marks uh, for, for all the exercises that, that she's done every day. So, yeah. Actually, that is something I really noticed with the hip replacement. Our uh, health system set up for acute care. So after you replace your hip, which, by the way, is day surgery now, although I had more than a hip replacement done because I had a torn gluteus medius. Um, they give you a certain number of physiotherapy sessions, which are, in my case, were intended to get me up and walking the cane. They give you this very badly written pamphlet on, on what the uh, exercises you're to do are, most of them presuming you can lie down to do what you need to do. Um, they don't but once you've done your six or so sessions, you're on your own. No information. Which is another reason why I've been telling anybody I know who's going to have a replacement, go take advantage of this eight for $100 at Freeform Fitness because at least they'll get you started. And, and really... You, you, trying to figure out what you can do, when you can do it. They have been gradually improving, increasing, making me do things I haven't done in 10 years. Um, since the, the hip operation, now that I have a hip that can actually do things. But slowly, carefully, and so that I you know, you know, you get a little stiff afterwards, but if you're fine again in the next day, so you do it again. Yeah, that is, that is a cycle. And I, I love that you're, you're going around um, spreading the good word of, of freeform fitness. <laughs> well, I don't well. know about the, uh, there must be equivalent programs elsewhere, but I don't know about them. So <laughs> I don't recommend anything I haven't tried. <laughs> there you go. It's a, it's a smart way to approach it. Um, so I'm I'm curious, and when you went in for that second heart surgery, was there, you know, did the doctors mention anything about sort of the health of your heart this time versus last time now that you've been working with personal trainers? How was that process different from the first heart surgery? Well, before they could do it, I had to improve my heart fraction from the low of uh, 35% that uh, meant they had to decide between the operation or a, a, um, a you know, heart, whatever, those electrical things. Um, and they didn't want to do that because of complications from the, the chemotherapy 20 years ago, et cetera, et cetera. Once I had managed to get my heart function up to 50%, then they could operate. They wouldn't have been able to operate if I hadn't got my heart punch, my heart fraction up. 
And once they, oh, wow. and, and, and yeah, so. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say, so that, 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 that was achieved, which is amazing. Was there a timeline or were you just sort of on your own to say, okay, I think I'm good to go. How did that work? No, I was being monitored with um, Holter monitors and uh, echocardiograms and what they do, transthoracic echocardiograms, I guess they are, all sorts of these lovely little tests that they can do at the Heart Institute um, so that they could watch my heart and see how it was actually functioning. And then once it reached a certain level, then three or four months later, they were able to schedule the, 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 these operations are, uh, I mean, they are not simple operations and there are very few specialists, but we have them here in town. So they're good in that way. Okay. okay, so Anne, I, I want to talk about the hip surgery. So this is something that you went through recently. Can you tell us more about that? Uh, my hip surgery was in October. Um, it was actually diagnosed and I was officially put on the list of um, the previous November, December. Um, assigned to a, a hip surgeon who... <laughs> reached me on his list on the 24th of March, just as everything shut down until July. Um, he, the diagnosis was actually by telephone because uh, I don't think at that point he knew how to use him. <laughs> and uh, he ended up telling me at that point from my, the pictures and the pain and all the rest of it that I had not just the need for a hip replacement, but also a torn gluteus medius, which had been torn actually a week before my second heart surgery by the physiotherapist I was working with at the time, but that's a different story. Um, so he wanted me to make certain that when he did me, praying that COVID would let him do me at some point. Um, my abductors and my adductors had to be really strong because I was going to have to not use them for six weeks. And he didn't want them to get all slobby and, you know, in bad shape. So that became our new goal starting in March. Um, we began doing Zoom sessions instead of uh, me going tootling along to the <laughs> to to the uh, studio. I call it um, the workshop, <laughs> the work, the gym, um, because uh, it was just did not make sense that somebody who had had heart heart issues should be exposed. And I don't think you guys were even allowed to open at that period of time. So um, we worked from all through the summer, strengthening my abductors and my adductors uh, joyously. Oh, I, yeah. Um, actually, I took it. Uh, the hip took a turn for the worst in in June, and I think I got bumped up his list because of that. They were allowed to start doing them again in July. So in October. I made it <laughs> into the operating room and uh, had it done. So it was, COVID did delay about three weeks, three months, uh, three or four months. But I think it helped to have a more interesting hip to get his attention. <laughs> yes, sometimes, sometimes doctors have uh, a bit of an ego with, with doing surgeries, you know, they want to have, it's not just a hip you know, not just a hip replacement. We're also fixing a, not just, a not muscle. Not just the routine. No, that it's not just something they can stand there and watch the juniors do. It yeah. does. It does ensure you get the partner, not the associate. To put it in legal terms. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so that would mean that. So you were training at home. You were doing Zoom sessions to prepare for a hip surgery. Yeah, so, and uh, walking, walking both. In my house, tw um, 20 odd minutes, 
two, I would try to do two 20-minute sessions a day, uh, one in the house in the morning, and that second in the afternoon when the kids were still at their lessons at, <laughs> at home. Going up and down, up and down my block. I have a feeling they're all going to know about this crazy old lady and her bright red walker. But um, uh, the neighbors were most cooperative. The kids were all trained to cross the street. So it worked out quite well. Um, so, yeah, I, I just want to know, uh, how did you guys adapt the training to at home? Vanya, you know, you're used to working with a full gym set up um, to help prepare people for things like hip surgeries. Uh, so how, how did you adapt it to the, the online, the virtual sessions? Yeah, there was a, a little bit of creativity involved, but Anne did have uh, some small pieces of equipment that she went out and, and purchased, some bands, hand weights, and uh, I believe her, her husband actually fashioned some three-pound weights for her using beans or something and <laughs> in some cans. <laughs> uh, and... Yeah, just using the, the space we had, uh, it definitely took some creativity on, on my part, figuring out, okay, what exercises we, we needed to do in order to strengthen the, the abductors and adductors in a way that was enough sort of uh, tension for them to strengthen and improve, but not so difficult that it was painful for her. So. Or, or that it tore it further. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, earlier Anne mentioned that uh, she thinks that she got bumped up on, on the list because we did notice some deterioration uh, in, in the injury. Because I think it was, yeah, you mentioned it was around June at some point. Because You had to teach me how to get up the stairs again. Mm -hmm, yeah, for, for about a, a month-long period, you know, we were steadily seeing a lot of progress. You know, I, I think I remarked at one point, I said, Anne, you're, you're going to be able to skip up the stairs uh, soon <laughs> with how well you're doing. But then all of a sudden, you know, it was really difficult for her to, to yeah. walk up and down the stairs. Um, and it just kind of happened suddenly. There wasn't any uh, impetus for it. So yeah, I think being able to go to the doctor and tell him, oh, I, I was able to do this. We were really progressing with our workouts and all of a sudden, um, you know, everything's a lot harder and, and it's, you know, a lot more painful again. Uh, so that got her to be able to have another appointment with the doctor and I guess, you know, that that's when he said the magic word soon, yeah. <laughs> which turned out to be six weeks. <laughs> well, given, given the backlog he had because he hadn't been able to do operations for, from March till July, mm -hmm. I thought that was fair. Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Anyway, uh, yeah, we, and, and in the end, we, I'm, I'm sitting in my gym. Yeah, <laughs> this is my upstairs hallway, and basically to do most of my exercises, I'll move this. I don't know if you can see it. I have a stool, I have some bands, and we use the stair railings in order to securely use them. I'm kicking myself for not having changed my. Um, towel racks and replace them with proper grab bars. We could have then used them instead. And in fact, we did use a grab bar for a while and probably will this summer when we start doing it outside. Mm -hmm. It has a stairway for doing up and down stairs, three down that way and, well, we haven't done the twist. Uh, the weights, they're just waiting there. And all we and my husband designed a stool for me that we normally use outside. That the only adaptation I had to make was to put felt things on the bottom so it wouldn't ruin my hardwood floors. <laughs> That's amazing. You have you have it's a it's a true gym setup. I think that a lot of people you know, overthink what a home gym has to be. They think it has to have all of this, you know, state-of-the-art equipment and new fancy X, Y, Z. But, you know, you've just shown us that stools and stairs and, and stair railings 
are what have helped you get to the point where you can go into hip surgery and now you're on the recovery side of things and you haven't been into the gym since since the hip surgery right like into the physical i haven't been into the gym since march since we shut down oh wow we've okay. been we've been exercising twice a week except for the six week period that i couldn't move um since march on zoom wow. i keep telling donia she probably has some before and after pictures that she actually has to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that that's incredible. And um, for that six week time period where you, you're not allowed to move, was there still some check-in happening between uh, you, Vanya and, and Catherine? Um, was there any type of like, you know, nutritional advice or maybe some of the, the sports psychology stuff that came into play to help with the, the recovery, like pre coming back to the gym? Uh, yeah, Anne did very well in keeping us sort of up to date on uh, her progress and what was going on in terms of her recovery. Uh, so, you know, when she started physiotherapy again, she let us know, our, or she also sent us uh, all the uh, information packages that the physiotherapist sent her um, so that we knew what she was going through and then where we could start off from once she started to see us again. They wouldn't let me record my Zoom physiotherapy sessions. Mm. But yes, I did share with uh, uh, Vanya and uh, Catherine, the, they did fortunately send me also a electronic version of the very badly written booklet uh, that um, I promptly turned into, again, as she said, a, 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 t a table so that I could uh, mark what I could do and what I couldn't do and uh, track it. I had to give them names and things like that so that I knew what they meant. But uh, yeah. um, I, I used to draft regulations and I kept wanting to rewrite the thing, but um, <clears throat> I think I'd better leave that to the pros. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we've yeah. come up with a lot of uh, new creative names for, for the exercises to help Anne remember what they are. <laughs> Sometimes you have to just explain it exactly like it is or go the other way and just give it a really ridiculous name. So you always remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the band pull aparts uh, and noticed that uh, she was able to fold her sheets a lot better after we started doing those. So we just call those the, uh, the sheet folding exercise. And <laughs> Are there any, uh, any other Silly examples similar to the sheet folding exercise that you can remember? Uh, yeah, so farmers carry, uh, Anne likes to call them milkmaid carries. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, apparently that based on uh, Anne's background, there may have been, she may have I, come from a long line of, of milkmaids, so. <laughs> oh, wow. I have a very Northern England um, physiognomy. <laughs> so I from a long line of milkmaids and men's at arms, sort of docky, strong. <laughs> I'll never be a model. <laughs> oh, oh, that is, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, and did you find, um, you know, were there any challenges switching from the gym to working out at home or how did you find uh, that, that process of moving your workouts to, to your home, your house? Actually, it was relatively painless. Um, the weights came from a garage sale that a neighbor loves to do garage sales, so I simply placed an order. Because <laughs> um, uh, I was staying away completely from you know any of this stuff. Um, I, I've only left the house for medical appointments and stuff like that because, uh, quite frankly, it's not worth. It wasn't worth taking the chance. Um, and um, we we tried a couple of rooms up here uh, doing it. This was where we found once, especially once we were into weights and and um, um, bands a lot. That this was a good arrangement. Yeah, just have to test test things out at first. <laughs> yeah, be flexible, and we'll do another adaptation once the weather's warm enough. Because I want to do my training by Zoom on my back deck, so 
I'm still working out what I can, what what equipment I can use to there. Yeah, that would, that would be very cool. Vanya, are you training anybody outside yet? Or have you seen any, any deck workouts yet? Uh, yeah, last summer, there were definitely a couple of outside deck workouts. So, yeah. Right. I always forget that we've, we've already been through a summer uh-huh. where people would be working out at home. Like you said, 2020, I don't, it just didn't exist. No. <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, I'm going to get into these last few questions here and I want to ask you, Anne, what are you looking forward to in your training? What are the goals uh, moving forward? Well, I would like to be able to do everything that a 75 year old person should be able to do. Um, Bend, pick things up. Walk. I want to be able to walk. My sister who lives in England, who's somewhat younger than me, um, loves to go walking. And it's a wonderful place to go walking. And I would love to be able to visit her and go walking, if only to go walking around the beautiful gardens that they have there. But, um, yeah, and, and to keep myself healthy. The, I should add that Rania didn't need to give uh, nutritional advice because I'm married to an absolutely super cook, so um, who does very good menus. So One of the lucky ones. Oh, God. <laughs> Wouldn't have wanted to have gone through this past year alone. <laughs> oh, that's, very, that's very true. I, I was just picking up on the fact, you know, you said you want to be able to do what any 75 year old should be able to do, but that definition I think is different for everybody. So, you know, for you being able to walk and, and keep yourself as independent as possible. um, I don't think everybody sees that as what a 75 year old should be able to do. So, um, and this is with that 75 is still relatively young. It is. I it mean, is. <laughs> my husband and mother lived to 102. Wow. So, so I've got to stay healthy. <laughs> there you go. Um, and uh, Vanya, how are you looking ahead at Anne's program? Uh, yeah, it's just progressing step by step, week by week. You know, we, we actually had a session together, uh, just earlier today before, uh, sitting down with you. And, uh, I, for one of the exercises, the Romanian deadlift, I, you know, I said to Anne, oh, this looks better already compared to last week when we were, we were doing this. And yeah, she was telling me, oh, I've been doing these every day and I notice. So, <laughs> You know, as Anne keeps improving, you know, it's just figuring out, okay, what else can we do to step things up a notch, uh, but still within her, her capabilities um, so that we're not pushing things too far and re-injuring things because we don't want that. <laughs> Very true. I would also like to emphasize to any uh, person who's listening, whether they're a senior or somebody with sports injury or just somebody who's always been told by their mother that ladies should never sweat. Um, That working out healthily to improve yourself is not ending up in a puddle of sweat. It's being, moving properly, getting muscles strong. It doesn't require you to compete with a 30 year old or Worse yet, play tennis with an 18-year-old or something. (laughs) Go, Vanya. Go for it. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of times when people get older, they assume that, you know, they're, they're not able to move as well because they're older. But based off of my work with so many clients in Anne's age range, you know, like, you have to move and keep moving to be able to stay mobile and, and healthy. Um, so, you know, people assume that they move less because they're getting older. Well, but in reality is they think because they're getting older, they shouldn't be doing as much. So they naturally just do less and less. And over time, because they're doing less, they're capable of less, um, which is where sort of the deterioration happens. 
But if you keep moving and you stay active, there's no reason why you, you couldn't do all the things that you should be able to do until you're, you know, 90, 100 years old. Um, my grandma, <laughs> one of my grandmothers, uh, she's in her mid 80s. She lives alone. She takes care of her own house. She, she mows the lawn, uh, her backyard. They've ripped out like all the grass and it's basically a mini farm that she has in her, her backyard. And every summer she's out there all day long tending to her garden and yeah, she stays active. She's able to squat down and, you know, take care of the plants, water everything. So yeah, it's just every day, just try to keep moving. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that whole idea of if you don't use it, you lose it, you know, and you, you mentioned that mm -hmm. before. Um, and, and you're now, you know, months beyond uh, the, the hip surgery. How are you feeling now? Are you back to doing every single day uh, training? Um, well, I do the, I, I was telling Bonnie, I do about 30 minutes every morning. Um, and then I try for an afternoon walk when the weather permits. Um, and uh, I'm doing most of the housework I used to do, uh, well, when I was healthier. Um, there are a few things I'm still not very good at, like getting, I can't do under the beds because I can't get down far enough. But, um, you know, there are people who are happy to do that for you. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, so to close out these episodes, I asked three rapid fire questions. So I have one for Vanya, one for you, Anne, and then one for the both of you. So Vanya, I will start with you. What is something that you know now that you wish you knew when you first started personal training? Uh, yeah, I think that's something I wish I knew. Well, when I first started personal training is that, you know, it really doesn't have to be all that complicated to help somebody see progress and, and get stronger. Um, so like I said earlier in the conversation, one of the questions I ask uh, anybody new that I work with is, you know, what's one thing that you can't do right now that you would like to be able to do? And uh, a couple of years ago, I had a client uh, in her 70s and she said, well, all I really want to do is be able to put my bra on and be able to clasp it from the back without clasping it from the front and turning it around. And, uh, you know, I, I clasped my bra from the front and turn it around. I didn't think it was a big deal, but, you know, it was something that she really felt was important that she'd be able to do. Um, so yeah, I took that as a starting point, worked on building up her shoulder mobility so that she could properly reach back there. And yeah, we were able to eventually get there and she was able to put our bra on from, from the back. <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a, which, what a which momentous only day. Goes, which only goes to show that bras were designed by a man. <laughs> it, yes. Uh -huh. So true. <laughs> Howard Hughes apparently invented them. Oh, really? <laughs> Howard Hughes. The modern yeah, bra. I, <laughs> okay. So Anne, this is your, your rapid fire question. What is one thing you want people to know about personal training? There's a lot of things one could say to that one. I, I think that it, the real message I want to send is that for seniors or for anyone who has any sort of a limitation on how they move, is that you don't have to stay stuck where you are. That with the proper personal training, you can live a much better quality of life. Hmm. That is very, that is very powerful. Um, and, and I really appreciate you, you coming on to the show to share that message um, because it is, it is one of the voices that is not heard as much in the world of personal training is that, you know, just because you are getting older does not mean you're stuck. Like you just said. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for, for sharing that. Um, okay, so final question for both of you. What is the most valuable coaching skill? Anne, I'll let you take that first. <laughs> Empathy. Oh. Empathy. I always got the impression that both Catherine and Vanya understood 
where I was at and why I was frustrated with it and uh, really wanted to help me improve. Well, that's, that's a great answer. Empathy is, is uh, again, if we've learned anything from this last year, empathy, I think, was a uh, what they call soft skills, but it is a necessary and it needs, it needs more appreciation um, in the world in, across all industries, but certainly in personal training. Yeah, that's, that's a great answer, Anne. And Vanya? Uh, yeah, I'd say being adaptable and being able to meet each individual client where they're at. Um, you know, for instance, this whole last year was one big long adaptation for, for everybody, <laughs> I think. Um, mm -hmm. You know, going from hearing about Anne having to, to get her hip surgery to the world shutting down to, oh, all of a sudden I have to figure out how, how do I get and uh, fit enough to do this via Zoom. Um, so yeah, there were a lot of ups and downs, especially the first few sessions, figuring out, oh, what kind of camera angles is, is good for me to be able to see what I needed to see. Um, you know, how do I work with Anne on what equipment she has uh, in order to, to strengthen her, her lower body? And uh, yeah, just adapt and figure things out day by day. Yeah, just that, yeah adaptability also a big a big lesson from this last year and uh certainly a very important coaching skill um okay so i would please. think i would also add it helps to have a good sense of humor <laughs> very true you need to keep things light every now and then right <laughs> Right. Uh, okay. Okay. So, um, you know, thank you, Anne and Vanya, so much for coming on on this very special episode of the Personal Trainers Who Care podcast. And it's been wonderful to get the client's perspective um, and certainly your unique perspective on uh, personal training and personal training through a pandemic. Um, it's 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 really been an absolute treat to be able to speak with you. And Vanya, thank you so much for coming on and, and giving us the trainer side of things. Of course, you know, we, we are the experts in personal training and you certainly have um, a ton of expertise. Uh, so thank you for coming on. Um, you can find Vanya training at the Wellington location and Anne is, is training virtually. So you can't find her there yet, but she will be back. I'm sure when we're able to open up fully <laughs> and um, Anne and Vanya, uh, is there anything else you'd like to say just before we close out the show? I think we've covered just about everything. <laughs> yep, I agree. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thank you everybody for watching and tuning into this episode of the Personal Trainers Who Care podcast. If you'd like to know more about personal training at Freeform Fitness, you can go to freeformfitness.ca. All right. Again, thank you, Anya and uh, Anya, Anya and <laughs> Anne. <laughs> I did so well. Thank you both so much. I can't sing as well as she can. <laughs> <laughs>